my main learning is that you now like you can plan and and I really like planning and and preparing for things but uh, but I think life will always have something unexpected for you and I I would encourage people to see that as as a good thing like that's that not everything is predictable and that you can have really good surprises Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 255. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have a beautiful conversation with Eka. She has been exploring ethical non-monogamy for about 10 years and is a wonderful storyteller, as you'll see. Yeah, uh, as Emma just said, what what you find, what we found as we had this conversation was we would ask a question, and she would weave this beautiful story that that answered that question plus like five others. So we get to hear about her great grandmother and her grandmother and what what growing up in her family was like and her sort of lineage of of strong women. We get to also hear all these amazing stories that start with, "Well, I wasn't planning on anything happening," <laughs> and ends with like. The most this um, happened and this the, happened and yeah. this happened. <laughs> and so maybe she's gonna start planning. That's our hope <laughs> from this is she will listen and say, I need to start planning for all those things that I didn't plan for. One of those things was a new baby. Yes. So congratulations, Eka, on the new little one in your life. We're so excited for you. Yeah, as as you'll hear when we start this conversation, she actually got stuck in traffic racing home from one of her final ultrasounds to, to get to the interview. To get to the interview. So Thank you for making that happen, Eka. Thank you for your vulnerability and for coming on and sharing your story. For anyone who is a premium subscriber, we're going to jump into the interview now. And for anyone else, we do have a couple of quick announcements. First up, what is a premium subscriber? You may be wondering. So we'll tell you. (laughs) You're so generous, Emma. I know. (laughs) For anyone interested in skipping over the announcements that we have up up here at the beginning of the episode, community announcements, potential advertisements, you can go and sign up for our premium edition. There, this that is all skipped, but don't worry, you still get the community quick community announcements in the outro, so you don't miss important information. Yeah, and we've set this up to be a pay what feels good. You can pay as little as two dollars for a whole year if that's what feels good to you. And again, as Emma said, you get to skip this wonderful, delightful banter, <laughs> but we will still give you all of the Cliff Notes version so you don't miss anything. Yes. Next up, we've got our community announcements. Yes. So first up is Patreon, and we have a wonderful testimonial from a new Patreon member that we're going to play here. I am a three-week community member, and I have been so delighted at how welcoming and supportive and kind this community is. I feel so playful and safe and cared for. It's just really lightened my life. And I feel it's such a homecoming in such a loving, safe and supportive way. I couldn't be happier. 
Thank you so much for joining the community and for the beautiful words. We're excited to have you part of it. If you're out there looking for community, you can sign up for our Patreon community, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And yes, I said community a lot, but you're out there. <laughs> you're out there looking for community. Join us. As Emma said, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the Patreon tab or in your podcast player show notes or pretty much anywhere we are, you'll see links to the community. We'd love to have you join us and the other 270 plus people who are in there every day, hanging out and supporting one another. Another option is to join our virtual meet and greets. These are open to anyone. You just must be respectful and open-minded. We actually just had one last night. It was super fantastic. And we have another one coming up on October 18th. So you can go to our website and sign up there. We assume it was super fantastic. That's your recording. You weren't going to, like, you ruined well, my We got to be transparent. The suspense. The sus- well, it's not suspense. What if it was absolutely horrible? Now well, we're going to have to print a redaction. They, they next don't week. even know. They don't even know. That's true. <laughs> we will confirm that it was super fantastic in a week. So, yes, we are. But we assume. We are recording this intro before the meet and greet. <laughs> But we assume that it was fantastic, and we would love to have you join us on the one in October. Hey, way to kick ass last night, Emma. High yes, five. Yes. See? We're going to kick ass, so. All right. We hope you joined us, and we hope you had fun, and then we hope you join us for the next one. The other fun announcement is that we now have sweatshirts available. Give love sweatshirts. So as we go into the fall season, for anyone here in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, we'd love for you to check out the warm and cozy hooded sweatshirts. Yes. And we're not going to describe them anymore because you know what a hooded sweatshirt is. Right. So go check those out. They're right on the homepage of our website, which is also where you can sign up for the premium subscription that we told you about 25 minutes ago. It's just all on our website, normalizingnowmonogamy.com. While you're there... I recommend you wear your sweatshirt. You're going to have to roll the sleeve up Yeah. when you go give blood mm-hmm. at stdcheck.com. Well, technically, you give blood at like a LabCorp or a Quest, but we use the service stdcheck.com to sign up and get tested. That's the service Emma and I have been using for years and years. We absolutely love it. They've been a fantastic partner of ours almost the entirety of the show. And so if you use the links on our website, on the resources page, or in any of the show notes, you will save $10, bringing the cost of a 10-panel test down to about $130 for you. And you support the show financially, which is amazing for us. So, well, it's also amazing for you because it allows us to keep doing this every week. And we really, really appreciate it. So go check that out. Use the service. We use it. We love it. And we think you will as well. And don't hesitate to reach out to us. Send us a voicemail. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And you can do that on our website. Again, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And with that, let's head over and talk to Eka, and we will see you all in the outro. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Eka. We're excited to talk to you today, and thank you for being here. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure, really. I'm a big fan of the podcast. <laughs> we would love it if you could start by introducing yourself at whatever level you're comfortable with. Okay, cool. Well. Yeah, that's always a difficult question, I'd say. But okay, so I'm <laughs> I'm from Portugal, uh, in Europe. I'm almost 34 years old, and I have like I think what characterizes me more is that I have a really big family, with uh, you know very loud and noise type of family, let's say. And I think that that shaped me a lot in the type of relationships that I've been having over time. My background is in engineering, but actually I took like this 
completely change of careers and now I'm working in education, which I'm much more passionate about, to be honest. And, yeah. and well, I'm expecting a baby, my first baby, very, very, very soon. And yeah, I think that that's it <laughs> about myself. Yeah. That's amazing. And you raced, you raced home from the ultrasound to be here. So we appreciate it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and he's looking great. And he was, I think he's also excited about me participating in the podcast. So <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, he emailed us earlier. He said he was pretty pumped. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. We're excited. <laughs> um, do you mind talking a little bit about, at least for you right now, what your relationship structure looks like? And then we can go back in time and figure out how we got here. Okay, cool. So right now I have a long-term partner with whom like, we've been living together for the past uh, four years and he's the father of the baby and caring. Uh, we've been together not continuously, but we started our relationship 10 years ago, almost, almost 10 years ago, yeah. And right now I would say, so we have, we have an open relationship in the sense that we are free to date and meet other people. Even throughout the pregnancy, we've been doing that. And we have started, let's say, dipping our toes in the polyamorous uh, avenue, mostly because I fell in love with with someone else and that kind of reshaped things for us and got us thinking more. And so there is, I would say that right now there is this second person in my life uh, and M, who is my long-term partner, is still kind of dating other people, but nothing uh, continuing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Do you mind taking us back a minute and saying, like, did you have any experience in non-monogamy, any role models with non-monogamy at all throughout your life? That's a very good question. I've actually been thinking about that when I heard like other of your interviewees, you know, talking about their experience. And I, even yesterday I was reflecting that I think even not, not in a very structured way, but non-monogamy or at least not a very strong connection to the traditional like meet one person marry and stay with them for the for your whole life um i didn't have a very strong connection to that type of relationship and it goes back to my great-grandmother if you can believe it like she had three husbands not simultaneously obviously but uh she because she became a widower when she was very young and then she remarried uh, with another guy and she carried, I think, three children with him, but he was not a good husband. I don't know exactly the details, but she was not happy. So she left him and then she, let's say, got married again to a third guy who was actually a, the person who fathered my grandmother, even though he was not biologically her father. And this is at a time where divorce was illegal in Portugal. So... Uh, and, and I heard this story growing up because there's this big wooden table in my grandparents' house, and they call it the the table of the three husbands because all of the, the her, her three husbands sat at the table at different times. And, and so I, I heard those that story, and I think it it taught me, I guess, two things. One is that you don't really have to stick with the first person that appears in your life. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe stuff happens. And the other thing I think more importantly is that, you know, trying to strive to find what fulfills and what makes you happy. And I think she was really a pioneer at the time where I'd say 95% of women would just get married to the person, whoever family thought was more convenient and just 
you know, roll with it. And if they become widowers, they'll just become widowers the rest of their lives. So I think she was she was a, a role model, indirect role model. I didn't meet her in life, but she was a role model in that sense. And then my bro- both of my grandmothers also had experiences of like first marriages and then second marriages, still at a time where divorce was illegal. So they had to fight a lot to to then to stay with the person that they actually wanted to be with later on in their lives, which are both my grandfathers. And then I guess finally, my parents who were married for over 20 years, to be honest, I don't think they were in a happy marriage for a long time or a functional one, let's say. So as a kid and as a teenager, I would look at them and I'd think, why don't they get a divorce? Why, why don't they just split up? Yeah, because it didn't work for them, living in the same house, sharing the same life. It, I, they both love each other. Even now, they still love each other. They're not together anymore, but they still love each other. They're good friends. But for me, looking as a third person, I, it, it was just not working their relationship and it was not making them happy. So so I was always very skeptical of marriage. And I think that sets, without me even knowing about non-monogamy and whatever was possible and what was my, let's say, preference, already laid the groundwork for this skepticism about marriage and this questioning of relationships and why does it have to be like this? So I would say like those are the let's say role models yeah that's beautiful i think just the idea that like you said it was striving for what makes you happy in life and you know it's so sad it's sad that your great-grandmother like was widowed early but then to not just be like well this is my life because i like i had the one and the one is gone and now i just have to be alone for the rest of my life but to like go back and try to find happiness and then it wasn't there and then to go back and try to find it again. And like, and it sounds like then, then her kids learned that same lesson and then it's been passed down. It's, I don't know. I think it's amazing. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely. I think she was really an amazing woman. I wish I'd met her actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. I, know. Wow. I know. When did this start to like, it's, it sounds like it's been sort of in your DNA, let's say, but when did it start to like, come out for you and be something that you started thinking about as as a conscious like maybe this is how i want to do relationships so i think it's it hasn't been like like a let's say a continuum a continuum it was like mm-hmm. i had like kind of let's say ups and downs of uh realizations like when i was a teenager um i had this first boyfriend i was like i don't know 14 or 15 and it was a very, like, let's say, I had this traditional idea. Let's say I fell in love with him. It was all very cute and, and romantic. And it was like the first kiss and the first holding hands and everything. And then he he had this concept of being a boyfriend as he kind of owns me in a way or he has some, some say on what I can or cannot do. And so he would start from the moment we said, okay, do you want to be my boyfriend? I want, do you want to be my girlfriend? He was like always kind of asking me. Like, so where have you been? What have you been doing? And, and like kind of jealous. And I didn't like that feeling. I really liked him. And it was very confusing to me thinking like we were friends before and we had such a good relationship as kids growing up together. And then we fell in love. And then suddenly just because we have this label of boyfriend, girlfriend, and suddenly I'm not free. Suddenly he's asking me about, you know, I had afternoon off and he was at school. So he got really anxious about what was, was I doing during the afternoon. So after nine months of uh, in a relationship, out of my let's say fourteen-year-old <laughs> maturity, I decided to break up with him. 
and we broke up and I kind of, I guess I broke his heart. But fu- what's funny is that we kept exactly the same relationship in the sense that we still hang out. We still ma- made out, you know, at the 14 year old level making out. But suddenly he didn't have that role that he could, you know, come with it and say, hey, what have you been doing? What are you hanging out with this person or that person? And then and I was like, okay, so that's, I just have to take off the label and then it works fine. It works fine for me. I don't know. It maybe it didn't work for him. Uh, <laughs> we didn't stay together longer. But so that was, I guess, my first kind of feeling of being uncomfortable with these labels and these constraints. And then there was another friend, another guy friend, was like one of my best friends to, to this day. Nowadays, I consider him as a brother, but we have had this, we grew up together since we were three years old, I guess. And we evolved into into a, a teenage years together. And we have never been in love or never been boyfriend or girlfriend, but we did a lot of exploration of each other's bodies, let's say. So it was like this person who's not, who's not my brother, you know, it was very close and we were very intimate. So even then, we're like, we now didn't have a boyfriend. So sometimes this friend would come and we would like, I don't know, kiss or do whatever sorts of things that teenagers do. And I would do this with him. And then I would also do this with this, you know, the ex-boyfriend. And I remember the ex, like this friend, he was totally okay with it. And for him, both of them knew they were even friends with each other. Uh, and this friend was very okay with it and it was super cool for him. But for the other guy who was actually in love with me and smart, let's say more jealous, obviously, uh, he was uncomfortable with it, but then he actually accepted it. And we had a lot of conversations at the time, like through 15, 16, like saying, okay, if you don't want to do this, it's fine. We can just be friends. But then we had a lot of chemistry. And so, so I guess that was like my first non-monogamous relationship of sorts. But I didn't put too much thought in it at the time, right? It was just, let's say, I don't know, having fun. And now in my mind, it's like I'm not cheating on anyone. Everyone knows about everything. I'm happy about this. Like, I don't feel guilty. I, I think I was very lucky um, to be raised in a way with, especially, I guess, it's my mom's credit that I didn't feel guilty about my sexuality or about exploring it. So I was just rolling with it. But then when I was 19, I fell in love with this other guy at college. And he was like the most, let's say, he's like the most romantic person I've ever met. He's like saying, I love you and I want to be you, you forever, like after, I don't know, a month. And I completely jumped into the traditional monogamous relationship with him for five years. And it during those five years, it never crossed my mind that anything else would be the way. Yeah. Uh, and everyone in my family knew him. Everyone was like thinking that obviously you're going to get, uh, get married because we, we dated like since I was 19 until I was 24 and all throughout college. And, and he was, I mean, he was the one who had, he had all those ideas when we met, like for him, that's what he wanted for him, himself. He wanted to find the one. He would say that I was the one he wanted to get married. He wants to have kids. I never really wanted to get married ever ever as a kid like I want I wanted to have kids but not get married it was like not something in, on my on my idea but when he talked about it and throughout the years I kind of got myself let's say get convinced about this concept and everyone around me was doing it so it's like yeah okay yeah I guess this is it yeah until <laughs> until after five years our relationship was not it was not doing well 
I guess for the past one or two years, it was not, in retrospect, if it was already kind of dying in a way, we were becoming just very good friends. It was not the same. And we were preparing to move in together. I guess I was starting to work and it was like the logical next step, right? Like yeah, I'm starting to work. Mm-hmm. I'll have my own money. He has his own money. So let's move in together. And I realized that I was excited about uh, this uh, chapter, not because I was moving in with him, but because I was moving out of my parents' house. And this was the okay. moment where I said, okay, I don't think this is a good reason to move in with someone. Right. So it was like the, f- the process of breaking up with him started with this idea and then we broke up. Uh, and that's after this breakup, this is when I really started dating as an adult for the first time because I only have been with him as an adult. And this is when I started online dating and I met different people. And this is when I was introduced to the concepts uh, of non-monogamy. I dated this uh, Canadian guy who had previous experience in it. And he was the first to introduce me to the, even the words, you know, polyamory or non-monogamy. I have never, ever, you know, read anything or thought about it. And it was really an eye-opening experience because it made so much sense to me. So this yeah. is when, well, when everything started, let's say, in a more formal way. Yeah. And that was almost 10 years ago, it sounds like, or yes. around 10 years ago. Yes, exactly. Wow. 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> yes, summer of 2012. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so when you... Hey, that's the same, basically, the same time frame as us. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now when, you're making me so feel when, old, but uh, if you're on the same time frame, then it's okay. <laughs> well, you're no. younger than us. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> um, so you, you said like you kind of were introduced to it through dating apps and it sounds like it kind of just made more sense for you. How did those, those first couple of months or years, like, cause there's like the, wow, this seems like it really works for me. And then there's the like actual practicing it. Yeah. There's the, Oh yes. my God, I actually have to do it. How did, how did those two line up together? Yeah. Well, it was, I was not, it was not very intentional. Uh, because he, this Canadian guy, we had this two-week romance. He was just passing by Portugal. I was completely madly in love with him for those two weeks. And I was not really... And then he didn't have a future, so we didn't really consider anything else. And I knew he had another relationship back in Canada. And he was the one with whom I discussed a lot of these concepts. And then at the same time, so th- throughout th- those, let's say, few months where I was um, single and just and dating... Uh, and, and by the time, by the way, at least in Portugal, online dating was really, really a taboo topic. Like no mm-hmm. one would really do it or talk about it. It was not even apps. I remember it was on a computer. So it was like this uh, already, like just being online dating was like already a kind of a weird thing to, to do, let's say. Yeah. And I met a lot of people during those times, um, you know, made some friends, uh, um, you know, nothing really serious. The one person... I met during those times was M, so the person I'm right now with. So I met him, you know, right right away, right after the Canadian guy. So it's really, really, really fast that we found each other. Uh, but we were still, so when we met each other, I think the way we, and, and we did, I think, let's say, I, I separate our relationship in two parts, like the first part in which we did a lot of mistakes and mm-hmm. a lot of things went really, really wrong. And there was a lot of suffering and drama. And then there's a second stage where we are right now where things are just much, much smoother. But back then when I met him, he told me he didn't have a lot of experience dating. And he was 
we can call it, let's call it a late bloomer. So it was at that stage where finally I'm out there. Finally, I'm dating. I don't want to commit to anyone or anything. I just want to explore and live my sexuality and express myself. And I really respected it. And I was like, I just came out of a five-year relationship, so I'm also not looking for something serious. So we're just having fun together. So from the beginning, it was, let's say, a non-monogamous relationship in that sense, that we are dating multiple people, but without any rules, any structure, any communication. So you can see how it didn't really work out really well, right? So this was the first few years of our relationship were like this. But naturally, we just spent more and more time together. I had st much stronger feelings from for him than I have. I, I was not in love with anyone else, I said, during those those first few years other than him. And I was still, part of me was still hung up on the concept of the monogamous relationship. I was not at well, the I'm stage where I am now. Yes, yes. Well, I was going to say, you said you were like, you were very much in love with him. You didn't really have interest in anything else, but you two were still sort of doing the, like, we didn't put a rule on this. There's just, yeah. we're going to do us. How did that line up? Like, I can see that being extra hard. If <laughs> yeah. you're like, I'm, I'm super in love. I don't want anything else, but he wants to like explore everything about himself. I could see that being quite challenging. Yeah, it was very challenging, especially because he would not admit that he actually had really strong feelings for me. Like he acted like it, but he would not admit it at all. He was very, very, now we have done all the dissection, but he was, I think, very scared about what this meant, you know, being, you know, having this strong connection to someone and somehow feeling that this person can really hurt you or they can go away. And so during those years, we had really ups and downs, whereas at times we were in practice monogamous like he in theory he could be looking for people but he was not dating anyone i could be looking for people and i was not dating anyone yep. then every yep. now and then there was this opportunity came along i remember one time let's say let's fast forward two years time like we've been together for almost two years i was going on a trip on my own i always enjoyed traveling alone and this is something that he was also like also very cool with it like we kept even today our relationship is sorry, um, very based on uh, autonomy. So we do a lot of things separate. So I was going on this trip on my own. And before I was, when I was packing my bags, I was with him in my house and, and he was like, are you packing condoms with you? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, why not? Like you're going to be alone for two weeks traveling. You're going to meet people. So why not? And it was not, my mind was not set on that at all. Like he was not thinking about it, but then he, he put that, on the table and suddenly i'm thinking yeah really actually yeah why not if you're okay with it and i'm and the opportunity comes so i did pack condoms in my in my bag <laughs> so here i go on this two-week trip and i kept talking to him about whatever i was doing on the trip but we didn't agree on if you meet someone and if something happens how are you gonna tell me or not yeah, tell me and when we that's didn't. an important detail <laughs> yes, now we know this. Now we know this. We didn't know this at the time. So, and I was very naive because I went away thinking, obviously nothing's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to meet anyone. Like, I'm not that interesting or I'm not that interested. So, so I was like putting my expectations really low. But obviously, as you can imagine, I did meet someone. And it was like just a, this very one-time thing. It was very physical connection. Um uh, but it happened and it was, it was gra grateful. I was actually thinking when it was happening, 
uh, when we just, you know, this person was in the same trip as I was. So we had this a few days where we were just like only just smiling at each other and nothing really happening. And, and I was really thinking, wow, I'm really grateful to M that he actually gave me this opportunity because otherwise I would just, you know, kind of close, shut myself down in order not to let anything happen. So I was very happy about it and feeling very good about it. And then when I came back, I didn't know when or how to tell him. And he found out by a really stupid kind of, it was really silly thing. I just come back like first day we met and we were even like spending the night at the hotel to, you know, uh, we missed each other, just have some, some quality time. It was holidays. And he said something about, I used to have a lot of UTIs at the time. And he said something, I said something about, Oh, look, I haven't had one in, I don't know how many months or weeks. And he said, yeah, but you haven't been having sex, which is one of the, uh, can be mm -hmm. one of the causes. And suddenly I turn red, you know, <laughs> and suddenly it turns like white. <laughs> so he was like completely shocked. And now it's funny, but back then it was awful. Like he felt so bad. Like he was really hurt. His feelings were really hurt. I could see it in his face. Like he was really anxious and really upset about it. And I, I, and he knew rationally that I hadn't done anything wrong. And I also knew it, but the feelings were there. And I even told him like, it's not worth it. Like it's not worth how you're feeling right now for me. Cause it was yeah. just a one time thing. Like I could live without it if it, it saves you that 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 pain so so that was um that was for me it was a tipping point in the sense that i realized that we were not doing this right and something had to change but he was still not agreeing is a very uh, ideological person like when he, he believes something is the right thing like for him the right thing is that you should be free to explore uh, the, all these opportunities uh, mm -hmm. even if his feelings are not, you know, yet there, yeah. he wants to f push himself, which yeah. I don't agree with, but it's his choice. So, so he was like, no, 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 nothing after all the drama He's like, no, no, nothing changes. You can still, we're in the same situation, but I made this kind of commitment with myself. Like I want to be more strict to which opportunities to f pursue or not. And in the end, like 2015, in practice, we were fully monogamous because it's also much harder for guys to find girls, at least here in Portugal. It's a small yeah. pool, let's say. So he was in theory active, but then it didn't, he didn't have, I think, any dates uh, that year. And I didn't have. And it was like the best year of our relationship because we were very stable and we were still enjoying each other's companies a lot. Um, so this was like the, it the it drama. Almost, Go ahead. Yeah, it almost helped. It sounds like it helped uh, the two of you kind of establish more of a secure base there in your relationship yeah, yeah. that year. And I think we, we needed that. Um, yeah. But this is, this is I, have, I don't know, this is only part of the story. We're still, we're still seven years ago. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, and we definitely want to hear the rest of it because I think, I mean, first of all, you're an amazing storyteller. So thank you for that. And <laughs> the, the, the question I kind of had was, like he had said, and it, and it sounds like he was not doubling down. He wasn't, he wasn't changing his mind and saying, no, don't do this. I had hard feelings. It was, this is really hard for me, but like, this is the way we should be. This is the way I want you to be. This is the way I want me to be. And we have, we, or I have to work through this really hard stuff that, that came up for me. 
but it sounds like for you, you, it still caused you to pull back a bit. Did you, did you feel at that time, like you were then having to like give up part of who you were? But I mean, you also said like the next year was like one of the the happiest and, and most secure in your yeah. relationship. So those things are very interesting and like contrasting to each other. Yeah, I think it's a very good question. I think at the time I was also, so I was at the time I was working in consulting and it was a very intense uh, work period, yeah. work style. And, and I was traveling a lot for work. And, and it, it, the work I had, I really enjoyed and it was very stimulating in terms of, uh, you know, intellectually and also the people I'd, I, I would meet. So I think I was in a way, I had a lot of things that were fulfilling me at the time, both intellectually and emotionally with people. And I didn't feel the need to pursue other partners. Like I, I had him and mm-hmm. our connection was so good and we didn't have that much time because I was a lot of the times I was traveling back and forth between Lisbon, Portugal and Angola or Mozambique. Mm-hmm in Africa. So it's like long distance traveling. I would come back home for like a weekend. So I, I didn't have the bandwidth, uh, then to, to really feel like I missed something. Actually, I missed having more time with him. Uh, so, and, and so the only times I really, let's say, use the non-monogamous, uh, you know, let's say agreement we had were this like more opportunistic situations where, you know, I was on a trip and there was this guy and there was another situation. I was on this party and there was this guy we were dancing and, and, and some things happened. So it was like in the moment, if I had this feeling of why not? And I had this, let's say green lights from M I was like, okay, why not? Then let's do it. But then I realized like the cost that it was having, for him and for us, because when, of course, he gets really upset and really anxious and, and really down, it's also not good for me. Like, I don't want to see the person I love the most like that. So I was pondering, like, is this, I, I, at the time, I didn't think this was so important to me that would, uh, you know, make up for the price that he was paying, even though it was his choice to pay his price. So sure. I let it be, let's say, um, for that year. And I was like super busy. And there is like, that's the, kind of twist in our story is that I was leaving by the end of 2015, I was leaving Portugal to live in Singapore for a year. And he always said, we, in the beginning, both of us were saying this, that when you leave, I was going to do my MBA and the MBA is famous for, you know, meeting people and having lots of opportunities to have different relationships. And he was very, I guess, scared of that. And I really wanted to be free there. So we always said, okay, when you go, we just break up. At the okay. time, it was not because it's eight-hour time difference, and he was not thinking he could travel there. So the initial agreement was, okay, so we have until the end of 2015, and then we break up, and then we'll see. I changed my mind in the meantime. <laughs> I wanted to try. <laughs> I was like, why can't we try? Like, why maybe you can travel there, and I can travel here, and we can do whatever. But he's a very strong-minded person, and he was. Uh, and now we think it be- because it, he was also scared that he would get mm-hmm. more hurt. So he, yeah. he really wanted to break up. So by the end of 2015, we actually broke up, and he actually broke my heart because it was really hard for me to um, to accept that that he really wanted to break up, and and he he, he did he used all these strategies that. You know, it was not, I don't think it was uh, what he was feeling, but he was trying to somehow push me away. So he said a lot of things, a lot of things were said 
towards that end, and it was a really hard uh, period of time when I was leaving. But that's also when I found out that I am polyamorous. So that's funny. <laughs> and how did that come to be? And I think just to just to touch on that though, that I think that's a very common defense mechanism, right? Like if oh, yeah. I can if I can shut you out, make you the bad guy in my brain, and send you away, I won't miss you as much because like you were the bad guy in my in my story. Um, so I think that's so common. Not that I've ever done it. But I can Im- I can imagine what that's like. <laughs> yeah, no, it would say stuff like I know, no, you're gonna go and you're gonna be you're gonna meet someone like who's way better than me. So I'm sure, and I would say no, there's no way. Like what I feel for you is like so strong, and it's like no, 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 you're like it's like it was saying I was lying, you know, like you're not you're not being realistic. Like no, you're gonna go and you're gonna meet someone, so it's just just go and let's break up. And I don't even know if I want to see you ever again. Like when you come back, I don't know if I can deal with that. So it was like really, really harsh, you know, like all or nothing type of thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Don't look at me, Emma. <laughs> Emma, Emma and I may have had some times through our college years where, <laughs> where we spent some time apart and it was very challenging. And I, I, I had a lot of those same types of feelings. Um, so I, I can relate very much. So yeah, I get it. But you said the next step was, this is where you realized you were polyamorous. How did, how did that come about? Yeah. So I guess until now, uh, until that moment, I thought I'm in love with M and he's the one I want to, you know, uh, kind of have a life project with and whatever that meant at the time. And, and he's the one I would, if I have to make a choice, I will choose him and I'll just forget about everything else. But, uh, this freedom of non-monogamy, basically allows me to explore but it was more on this on the on the sexual part but also on the social parts of meeting new people and different people and not being stuck with the same people around you so meeting there's a lot of I guess opportunities especially to meet foreigners and like I met that Canadian guy but then I met all uh, from other places of the world and I that was really exciting for me but it was only about it was about that about like short connections or maybe new friends the opportunity here or there to explore different sexual uh, encounters. But that was it. Like, I, I didn't think, I don't think I have ever questioned whether it would be possible or not for me or in general to be in love with two people at the same time. I think I still had that very, you know, romantic idea, Hollywood uh, movie idea of when you're in love and in love with one person. I didn't believe it one in one person for the whole of your life, but at the one person at a time, it kind of makes sense to me. But then, so I left in December 2015 around Christmas time, and I was still pretty much in love with M at the time. I can say for sure. And like the, I went for a trip in the other in the Solomon Islands, it's close close to Australia, before I started the MBA. And and it was a dive. I used to do diving back then, so it was a diving trip in a boat. So you're like. Um, interacting with the same group of people for a couple of weeks and i didn't know anyone on the on the boat except for the person who had invited me was a the scuba diving instructor i knew her for a long time and most of them were all of them were much older than me so it was like i was not on my mind at all you know like uh you know being connected in some way with anyone i was there mostly for the diving and to spend time with this uh, friends because i hadn't seen her in i don't know five years or more and I was just coming out of a breakup. So, of course, life is like, it's not how you expect it to be. So I met this guy. Did you guy. pack condoms? 
I didn't. Did you pack up? I didn't. Oh man. I don't think. And now I you're did, on a no. boat. Yes, that was that was tricky. That was tricky. Yes, I recall. <laughs> yeah. So I met this guy, much older guy. Really not. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, the first time I saw him, if someone had asked me, you know, at the moment, like, do you think you're gonna have a connection with this person? I said, no way. Like, no sure. way. And uh, we were two weeks on the boat. So from the first week, in the first week, we were just talking, you know, with different people, but with him especially. And I mean, I fell in love with him, really did. We had this like really extraordinary connection, not only intellectually speaking, like we had a lot of conversations. He was, he's from, he's originally from India. Now he's, he's been in America for a long time, but so different cultures. So there was this connection about this mutual curiosity about culture, but then we had also this, I want to say, I don't know if it's emotional, spiritual connection. And then also, and the, my surprise was we also had a physical connection. Because up to that yeah. point, I was like, yeah, fine, okay. I can connect emotionally, intellectually with people from different age groups, different cultures. But let's say I wouldn't think that he was my type if that, that thing mm -hmm. is, exists. But then we had a really strong physical connection as well. And then we uh, we fell in love. And I, I think... I'm pretty sure you also fell in love with me. So it was, and it was a very, um, I think, special thing that went on after the trip. We were living in separate countries, but sometimes he had some travels uh, that would bring him to Singapore or close by. So we met for, for a few times throughout the months after. And I was like, you know, you know, when you're at that stage where you listen to the romantic songs and it makes you think about that person and you're like really excited and he knew about M and I told him all about him. And that was really also special about our relationship was that, uh, he knew everything like was what I was feeling and what I had lived and, and it didn't, it didn't matter. Like it doesn't, it, it was not competing with it, with, with him. And when I thought about M, I still had very strong feelings for him. And we actually kept talking, like messaging, although we had those strict feelings about like in thoughts about pushing me away, then we didn't stop talking, which is also, I think, a mistake. <laughs> but yeah, so we were still connecting some uh, at points. And we actually met after a few months. I came to London and he went to London. He went to London on purpose to see me, even though he was saying that he was just seeing me as a friend uh no one really believed that except for him i think but when i saw him after three months so i had, I had been in in love already with this other guy v and 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 then i saw m and the feelings for m were still there like really strong and i even came back to singapore thinking oh my god i'm completely screwed like it's been three months i still have very strong feelings for this guy and he doesn't want to be with me because he kept the same, like, you know, when we met, he, he met me and we had the connection there and we had the physical connection also. And he still said the same thing. Like, I feel the same way. I feel like we shouldn't be together. I feel like we, we shouldn't. And I was like, but what about this? Like, can you ignore this? And so, so I went back to Singapore thinking I have to get over him. I have to let go. And, and that's actually what the process of what I did in the following months. But, but that was a new learning for me was that I had really strong feelings for these two completely different people. And I just felt my, it was the first time I really felt like that, that love really expands and multiplies. And it was a really nice feeling. And I had some conversations with some people about it, even with my mom, 
I, I'm very, my mom and I, we have very open relationships, so open um, communication. So I told her all about this. And and I remember telling her this, like that's, uh, it's, it's like two different parts of me that can live, uh, like the, the heart doesn't have a, let's say, a, a, li- a limit. And then it made mm-hmm. sense, like when you think about like, how you can love, you know, more than one children, more than one parent, more than one sibling. And I have, as I told you in the beginning, I have a very big family. So I guess I'm kind of used to loving a lot of people, a lot of different people. And so that was a really big discovery for my, for me. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and at a incredibly challenging time of like flying across the world to start grad school. And now you're in love with two people and figuring out what that means. Like that's a, that's a lot to happen all at once. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I think I think people who know me would say that's typical me <laughs> to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, where did the journey take you from there? You said there was a lot of work in the coming months figuring out what and how to to kind of do this. Yeah. So this other guy, V, he was not really available for a, uh, like a more traditional relationship. It was not even physically, po- geographically possible. So we knew this. So we, we just kept it um, whenever we could meet, we would meet and we had a nice, nice connection. And, and then we remained just friends mostly. Like I haven't seen him in person in you know, like, I guess maybe four years or so, five, but we still mm-hmm. have, um, some i nurture some 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 feelings for him like as a very very dear friend of mine and every time we talk on the phone we have this uh, we enjoy talking to each other but that that was it. it so i just spent the rest of the that year going to let's say like a crazy periods of just you know hooking up with different people and just i and and in retrospect i think i think i was really let's say acting out all of those, you know, like these big emotions. And then suddenly I'm just like trying to enjoy the moment. There was a lot of parties back then at the NBA. And so there was a lot of alcohol. There was a lot of, uh, uh, getting involved with different people. And then I spent some time traveling in India then the year afterwards. And that time I did kind of the opposite. I was like, okay, now I want to focus on just being traveling. I was traveling on my own, just being on my own, just enjoying more peaceful life. I'm not looking for relationships or any type of connection. So I, it was more like an internal journey for me where I was trying to, I guess, make sense of everything that happened. And even all the, I, I had a lot of anger and sadness towards M especially that I hadn't digested. So those, so this is 2017 now. So I was, I was take, I took that time to do that. And then I came back to Portugal um, it was the, so I was still working in consulting and we have that, there's a thing where they will sponsor your MBA and then you come back to work for the company. So I was coming back to work here and, and as I come back to Lisbon and I start, you know, the city is, I, I still live in Lisbon. So the city is full with memories of me and M. you know, we spent most of our relationship here. So as I come back, I just, everything starts flooding back. All the good memories, the good parts. And I was speaking to some friends and my friends were saying, no, no, you have to forget him. Like you, he hurt you a lot. Like you, you suffered a lot after the breakup. But even during the relationship, there was a lot of drama, like it was not healthy for you. 
so you shouldn't talk to him. So I have that stage where like, should I talk to him? Should I not? We hadn't spoken in like a while. And, and funny enough, my grandmother, my other grandmother, um, from my father's side, who was already passed away and she was a very wise woman. <laughs> and, and she saw me and she asked me, so all throughout the time I was dating M, he was not my boyfriend, like officially. I even told him, I, I, people referred to him as my pseudo boyfriend or just my friend. And my grandmother, she knew about it. I, she had met him, but. Uh, she knew he was just a friend, but of course she knew looking at me that I had strong feelings for him. So when I, I went and visited her and she said, she asked me, what about that friend of yours? And I'm like, oh, seriously, like, it's like she guessed it. Like, and, uh, and I'm like, actually, grandma, I've been thinking about him a lot. Like I haven't seen him in more than six months and I've been thinking about it, but I don't know if it's a good idea to see him. And she looks at me and she's like, I think you should see him. I think you should. Like, you think? And she was like, yes. And she didn't know, you know, any of the context. You know, she never had the details. She just knew there was a friend. She met him, like, a couple of times. So she had that. But she had this intuition of sorts. Like, when I broke up with my first boyfriend, she guessed it also. And she told me, I had already sensed that you two were not, you know, in the same wave as before. And I think it's better now than later on. And she left her first husband after having three kids with him, which would must have been like super hard, especially in the fifties. So it's kind of, she had this wisdom, you know? So when she told me you should see him, I'm like, okay, screw my, all my other friends advice. My grandmother (laughs) is 95. She should know something. (laughs) So actually she was 97 already at the time. So so yeah, so then I went and I texted them and I was like, Hey, <laughs> so, so we started talking and we, we, we went for coffee and I, I mean, this is like, he mocks me a lot for saying this, but I, I swear it was true. Like when it was like a movie, like when I saw him, I felt like struck by lightning in the sense, like all the feelings were there, you know, all the big feelings and the good ones. So I think I was over the grief, over the hurts and the feelings, the, the love remained. And my first thought, thought was like, what am I going to do? Like, he probably already has a new girlfriend. He has moved on with his life. Um, and he did had, you know, uh, he did have a lot of experiences and uh, relationships. Um, and he was kind of afraid to jump into the pool with me, <laughs> so, sort of speak. And, but, and, but we met and we talked and I just, I was very upfront. I'm very upfront. Like uh, after that coffee, we just met for an hour hour or two after coffee. I told, look, I don't know what it means, but I just know that I'm looking at you and you're not just a friend. Like I really have strong feelings for you. So if you just want to be like regular friends, I don't think I can do that, but I also don't know what this means. Like, it's not like I'm going to marry you tomorrow. Like, I, I don't know. I just think you should know this. And he was not surprised. He knows me. He knows me, and he knew me very well. And then we, you know, it took we took a few months to, you know, get reacquainted and and think about what we wanted. And a few months later, after the summer, we got together. And this time, I think we did it right. <laughs> so this time, we said, okay, we're gonna get together and we're gonna be monogamous f- at least for a while. Although we both believe. In our monogamy, we both believe in having freedom and in autonomy and polyamory as well. 
but for now what we need is to just be together so with each other so that's what we did so for i think it was a year or maybe more maybe more than a year but we just uh, connected just the two of us and it was really really important to you know to it build the trust it build the communication that we hadn't before uh we eventually moved in together uh we did all the let's say more traditional things but i think are really important to establish that you know solid foundation you really have i believe nowadays that you you really have to have a really strong foundation to before you're going to rock the votes with other people and other feelings and 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 very unexpected things in the end it's very uncertain so so that's what we did for a while until there was he has this very good friend she has had two boyfriends for the longest time like they have this very stable arrangement which in the beginning it sounds very weird to us but like um so she has two long-term partners she she lives uh simultaneously with both like uh, some days of the week she lives with one and other days of the, the week she lives with the other and she's very good friends with him and and he went for lunch with her one day just as friends even though they had uh they were i say more than friends a few uh, sometime before but they like this relationship that she has it's at times it's open at times it's closed so they go back and forth on that so she, he went for lunch with her and they obviously talked about this relationship dynamics and how is it going for her and then he came back and he told me about the lunch and he was like we haven't talked about this in a while and i was like yeah what are you thinking and i don't know do you think it's time i don't know maybe so that's when we got back in the non monogamous uh, relationship dynamic and this was just before covid so it was not a really great timing but yeah so a yeah. few years ago like yeah yeah three exactly ago. so you're now sort of you and m have decided to open back up there's a pandemic just about to wash over us and keep washing over us forever <laughs> and how do you choose sort of navigate from let's call it spring of 2020 until yeah. today the last the it's, last two years or yeah so. it was actually a bit before it was 2019 we still had a few months let's say free of freedom uh before the pandemic <laughs> and i think that this is when i think we became better at managing things so the first thing we agreed on was that we were gonna take it very slowly very step by step uh, we actually set some ground rules. Like we actually, I, I really like writing stuff up on paper. It really helps me. And so we sat down and we um, and we wrote like what were the ground rules, even though we could we knew that we could revisit them afterwards. But there was some upfront. Starting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 it was so. It, the beginning was okay. I'm gonna I I'm gonna restart my uh, app. The, the online that uh, online dating app profile, and I'm gonna you know check out what's happening. Then suddenly, because of the imbalance of there's way more guys and girls, and suddenly I'm talking to like ten different people, and and he told me, okay, I'm getting a bit overwhelmed because you have like ten people going uh, com online conversations are only going on, and I have like maybe one. So let's let's uh, you know slow it down and I slowed it down. So we went like kind of step by step and then, okay, I want to go for a date. What do you think? Is it okay? Should I book a date and when and how and what do we have? Like in the beginning we had, um, we would set like some physical boundaries, like, okay, you can kiss or you can do whatever. 
or you can or I'm gonna come back latest by I don't know midnight. So we started with those. We really wanted to take it slow and move back if if needed. For instance, yeah. one time we didn't discuss about we discussed about like more let's say intimate texting, but we didn't talk about sending pictures. And then I went ahead and I sent a picture, a more intimate picture, and then he was he didn't deal very well with that, especially because we yeah. hadn't talked about it. So yeah. so we moved backwards, and then so it was it was a lot of back and forth in two thousand and I think this was nineteen, and at the time I met quite a few people. I actually made a really good friend who I'm still friends with nowadays. We're ju- just friends, but he also had. He had a wife, and and they had an open relationship for a while, and uh, and so I was also actually actively looking for people who also had some sort of uh, experience in non-monogamy. So because what I feel I like the most nowadays is people who understand us. Most of my friends, I mean all of my friends, except the ones I met in through the dating apps, all of my friends are are in pure monogamous relationships married kids like doing most of them are doing this let's say more traditional path and even though they are not i haven't found them to be judgmental most of them not most of them but a lot of them don't know about uh, about uh, the choices em and i have made but they really don't get it or they're like yeah but it's not for me or i how oh, i don't know how i can do it or uh, so so i was striving to find people like-minded people to be friends with uh, more than ever, anything, and there was some physical connection here and there, but there was no like falling in love with anyone or anyone that that really kept that I kept seeing for a long time. It was like one, two dates, three, four dates. Then I was really also very. T- I was again. I was still working in consulting back then, uh, so I was also very busy with work and very tired. And so, at some point, I stopped. Uh, I told them like I'm really saturated right now. Like I really don't have the energy to meet new people and make that chit chat in the beginning. So I'm just going to slow it down, but, but he, but you can continue to search and he had a couple of dates, but then because there's that huge imbalance, then I can be like seeing, I can say this, I'm going to stop. And for a few months, he only has like two dates because it's, it's very slow. And apparently Portuguese women, are very suspicious of online dating so that it, it takes them a long time to accept for a, a physical encounter which I, I don't understand because I, can, I don't relate like I want to meet the person as soon as possible just to understand if there's anything there right. but I have heard from him and from other guys who are dating in Portugal that I'm the exception to the Portuguese women not not in general not women in general so this was our 2019 and then when the pandemic hit we just decided to to stop completely. I mean, we didn't really stop. Like we could, he, he was still navigating the apps and sometimes talking to people online, but stop the physical encounters. I stopped completely uh, because also my in-laws are all well, his parents. We're not married, but uh, his parents are, are quite old. So they're at risk group. So we just, so it was dormant for the bigger part of the, the pandemic. And, and I re- and then we went through a very difficult phase actually, where I actually went into a depression because I really wanted to have kids, and he wasn't sure if he wanted to have kids, so we were we were struggling with that uh, for a while in, between 2020 and 2021. 
and 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 that was a kind of a weird like the focus was not for me especially but also for him it was not like outside of the ship it was inside mm-hmm. and we, we came to a point where i was wondering if that was it for us like if you cannot agree on the on the kids thing because for me he knew from the beginning that it was something i really wanted and i was like i don't know 30 32 at the time 31 32 and it's like i think now is the time like i i've, I've waited i've I changed careers in the meantime. It was not the right time. Fine. But then it came to a point where it was like kind of the breaking point where how long am I going to wait before he makes up his mind? Because it was not like he didn't want to. He just didn't know for sure. So it was like a maybe. And when you're in a baby, you're in a limbo. And I think limbo is like one of the most difficult places to be in because, you know, we were really good together. During the pandemic, I heard a lot of stories. There's a lot of stories about couples who really didn't get along. And there was a lot of divorce. For us, the pandemic, in relationship-wise, was really smooth. Like we really got along super well. Like we, the beginning, it was there was some adjustment. Obviously, it was hard. But then after we went into this kind of rhythm with the two of us, and we had a lot of fun together. So the two of us were fine. And there, but there was this big elephant in the room. Like we're not solving the kids thing and what's happening so i even moved out for a few weeks i went to live in my my father lives outside of lisbon in a big house in the countryside so i just went to spend some time in the countryside and work remotely to um, to give some space and to think about it so we went to this crisis which i think also um not so much related to the non-monogamy aspect of things but i think it also helped us grow up because we we were very sure that we loved each other. We were very sure that we wanted to be together. But there was this really big life decision. And I also didn't want him to just say, yes, I want to have kids because of me. I don't think that's a good reason to have kids with anyone. Um, so I could really re- understand his reasons, like why he was so uh, reluctant, why what fears he had. It was like super, I mean, reasonable and made sense. And, but I also knew I, why I really wanted to have kids. So, so we were just, we have, we even went to a couple of, uh, couples therapy sessions to try to navigate through things. So I think it was really good for our relationship in the long term because it forced us to go deep and to talk a lot about what we felt and what we thought and, and, and do a lot of hard work until he, if he came to the conclusion that he actually, yes, he wanted to have kids. Well, as you can, as you know now, you had the spoiler in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we really focused on that. Like we're not talking to uh, talking a lot about you know the the opening or not the relationship. And and when I uh, and just before I got pregnant, I was coming out of the depression. So I was still uh, and and the, and and so this is end of twenty twenty one. So this is still. COVID times, social life is still very, uh, not very active. So we haven't seen even our friends or our extended family. So it was like a very weird period. Then I got got pregnant. Then first trimester, I'm really feeling nauseous and not feeling well. So I, and I told him like, I don't know, like when I get pregnant, I don't think it's probably going to be a good time for us to be exploring other things because uh, I've heard a lot from other women that how you can feel, you know, insecure about your body and not feeling well. So we're not, I, I was not planning on it until, I don't know, 
somehow, you know, this was, I don't know, February, March this year. Uh, he, throughout this time, he always kept the online apps active. So he was always uh, doing some swipes and having some conversations here and there, and uh, but nothing turning into real-life uh, relationships. And then suddenly in February, around February, he says, I, I started talking with this girl, and 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 I think we have some you know some good empathy with uh, between each other and I would like to meet her in person. What what do you think about that? And I was like, I thought about it. I was not feeling especially insecure. Uh, so and I was feeling com- very confident about our relationship. Like we had just been through the biggest crisis ever. We've come through. We're having a baby together. We're very rock solid. I don't think he's gonna run away with, you know, out of the blue. So I'm like, yeah, sure. And it has been like, he, he, contrary to me, like I have like many friends from many different uh, uh, moments in my life, and he's a more, he's he's a more of an introvert uh, than than I am. So he has like only like one or two like close friends. So on dating for him is also a way to expand his social circle. And so I thought, yeah, it makes sense. Like he has been, you know, working from home for the last year and a half. He hasn't met new people, contrary to me, because I changed jobs. So I met new people. I made new friends. So yeah, it's going to be good for him and let's do it. So he went and we went very slowly with, uh, okay, go, but maximum you one kiss, you know, first date. And then we step by step. But the funniest thing happened, like when he came back from the first date with this girl and they did have a connection, uh, I, he told me, like, we talked and it was nice and, and we gave a small kiss in the end. And I asked him, and did you have, you know, did you feel like doing more? Like, did you feel like touching her? And he looked at me and he's like, honestly, yes. And... What I felt when he when he when he said that was, I felt really I felt really turned on, <laughs> which was a big surprise for me. And then I read about how in second trimester of pregnancy, for some uh, women, because of the hormones, your sex drive can go up to like crazy levels. So that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly he says that, and I'm like, and I thought, look. Like you told me this and I'm feeling stuff. So maybe I also want to get back out there. I I wasn't expecting that. Uh, So contrary to what we had planned, the pregnancy has been a very prolific time for our uh, uh, non-monogamous relationship. So I started, I, I activated my online apps and I started uh also like looking for people and he this girl this girl that he met he actually they actually have um i think a relationship uh, she was here in portugal only for three months and for the whole period uh, of her stay they kept on uh seeing each other and, and it evolved quite a lot the relationship i actually even met her at some point so so it was really uh, it, it was really a different stage than what it was really we were really exploring different things than we had before. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 And you, so how did the dating go for you? <laughs> yeah. So I, I was, I learned from my previous experience that I got really tired about the first dates. So I have this, so I do this for work. I have to travel um, through the South and to the North of Portugal. 
And I had this kind of a joke, let's say that I was going to find maximum like one person in the South, one person in the North, one person in Lisbon, like let's say a friend, whatever, like someone who I had, could have a good time. So I was very, um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say picky, but um, I was very conscious about not starting to talk with like 10 people at the same time. Like right. I was talking to one person and if the conversation was interesting and if there was something there, then I'll just, let's, let me just invest there and see where it goes. So there was this guy I met in the South <laughs> and we talked a lot and we had a good connection. We had the first dates, but then it didn't go more than that. It was nice, nice acquaintance. And, and then there was this guy I met in, in the North um, and he had two girlfriends and, and we had that connection about how he doesn't have also friends that have, uh, open relationships. So we, it was also like me looking for people to, uh, share these experiences. So we had that connection mostly. Um, and I had a couple of dates with him and it was really funny because he was a very different kind of guy that, uh, it didn't really fit the, I don't know, like it was much more. He was very comfortable with exploring different aspects of himself. Like he, he, he's heterosexual, but he has a lot of gay friends. And so, and he really likes when uh, he has a lot of also um, like trans friends, I guess. And he was telling me about his experiences in how when they, they, they put makeup on him and he really liked the feeling. So he was really exploring also his feminine side, if uh, so to speak. So it was really different person from the people I, I know, uh, you know, in my day to day. So that was really uh, an expansion. And I was looking at, at this dating mostly through these two with these two objectives. So one was to, yeah, let's expand and find people, you know, who are also exploring different concepts of relationship and my sex drive is really high. So maybe why not, you know? So that was like, yeah. honestly, I was just thinking about that, which was very different from before because, uh, the, the sexual part was never the, the bigger drive for me. Um, it was just, it was very like only in the moment I could tell, okay, yeah, let's enjoy this. Let's like in, in that trip that I took, but it was not like the, I wouldn't purposely think I'm going to find someone to have a different sexual experience with. But then that in this time, I was really think having all these hormones and thinking, yeah, why not? Let's let's explore this and see where it goes. But then again, as you've seen in my story, you know, life always <laughs> has another plan for you. So I met this the guy, the Lisbon guy. So because I was like south, because I was traveling. So one week I was in the south, so I had one date there. So then one week I was in the north, I had one date there. It was more or less like this. Then after a few weeks, I had a date in Lisbon with someone I've been I was talking to for I don't know maybe a week or so before, and we had really good intellectual connection and I fell in love but like completely utterly in love it was like completely insane I could not believe that uh, uh, I, I didn't even know that I had this emotional availability in me you know like I mm -hmm. things with M were really going strong and intense uh, I have this baby coming and there's all this love related to the baby and then suddenly there's this complete stranger that very quickly becomes um, very important to me. And he knew I was pregnant. That was also funny <laughs> how to tell people that you're dating and you're pregnant and you have, so there's just uh, <laughs> like all these new things to navigate. So, and, and the feeling was mutual and, and we had, we were spent together 
month and a half. He is not Portuguese, so he went back to his home country for a while and he hasn't come back yet. So I don't know what's going to happen. But for the, the month and a half that we spent together, it was really... Yeah, it was really amazing, and and it was really also it was not easy also to navigate with M because this time M is having also his relationship with his other girl. Um, but we are very different in a way we express our feelings in the way we feel things. Like I'm a very bubbly, excited person, so I, if I'm in love, I'll be like you can see it all throughout my face, and I cannot hide it, you know. And he's a much more low-profile type of guy, so he's like, "Yeah, I'm having, I enjoy spending time with this girl, but it's not like it's. He will not, even if he's having strong feelings, he will not really show it or even recognize himself if they are very strong. Um, so, so there's this imbalance, right? Like I'm very, very excited, and he's just very low-profile, so we have to navigate this and this insecurities and so on. So that's. So, so to answer your question, Emma, I think the dating went really well. <laughs> Better than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> and and that leads you to where you're at now. Like we yes. Have, so yeah, and so like you're still dating the person that, but it's a long distance relationship at the moment. Yeah. And um, but then you're still with M, and it sounds like he's dating as well. Um. Yeah, that's amazing. It's been quite the journey. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I was just going to comment that I, I think one of the things that I really enjoy about it is you you and Emma have been circling each other for a decade now, roughly. And there's been so many different forms that this has taken. And like early on, it was like, there's no rules. This is like my belief system is we should be out doing this. And there was a lot of bumps and hard things that happened there. And you come back around multiple times to revisit this. And it's you know, and now it's, I, I would imagine that you both of you probably feel similar that like, you still feel that very strongly that like, this is like, I don't want to restrict freedom. I don't want to restrict freedom of myself or my partner, but you've approached it a little different. Like, Hey, we, we want that, but like, maybe that wasn't the right way for us. And so adding a couple of rules back in and maybe just being a little more measured gives you the actual freedom that you were seeking when you were just saying there's no rules, there's no regulations, and we're just going to go crazy because that didn't really end up giving you what you wanted either. And so I think it's it's just been really beautiful to like hear how you two have crafted something and like tried it and then tried it again and then shaped it a little different. And like you just kind of keep like tweaking it until it's like what you two want. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, And I still we still have a long way to go because this new relationship with X um this this new guy and, and and he's been away for three months now and surprisingly we kept the connection like we've just been you know texting and, and talking over video calls but we we still have this connection i don't know what's going to be like when we meet each other but but this made and even the relationship that em had with this other girl even though she she left and she she, uh, she she's not expected to come back anytime soon but it made us question also about, we had this idea of, let's say, the nuclear relationship and then satellite relationships. And then mm -hmm. suddenly we started thinking about even also speaking with both of these uh, uh, other partners, like how they felt about this and and how um, it's it doesn't seem very fair or ethical, you know, because this other girl, she even though I met her and, and, and we had really good... A, a connection and but a lot of times she would say to M like I feel like I'm not your priority or 
because you have Eka and the baby and your parents and whoever, like I come, you know, maybe fifth or 10th in your list. And, and, and we, we've been discussing a lot about this and I don't think we have an answer yet, especially with the baby, which is also, let's say another relationship, right. That, that we, both of us are going to have and a very yeah. demanding one. Um, yes. how, how to navigate this? Because when I think about, especially when I think about X, He's a very important person to me, and I really want him to be happy and fulfilled. And he also has his own things that he needs to figure out because he's also not sure if he wants a non-monogamous lifestyle for him. Like he comes from a more conservative background, and there's a lot of pressure for him to get married and and so on. Something that I don't, I and M, we don't have to deal with. Um, but it's very important to me to find. Uh, something that works for everyone, right? And then, and so Em and I, we start, that's why I say we are dipping our toes in the polyamory thing because more and more we think about letting go about relationship hierarchy, mm -hmm. but we're not sure how, how to make it work, especially when you are nesting with someone and you have a baby with someone and, uh, and how does it go forward? But that's how I see it going forward. That's how I would, I would like to, challenge myself to think about that and to find ways um to be more uh to be more like i don't know we, we have this idea he, he always say, M says this a lot that you know it's in theory about how you know back in the historical uh, prehistorical ages like human beings would live in a village and mm -hmm. and the concept of marriage is not, doesn't really didn't really exist and maybe everyone takes care of each other's children maybe everyone not everyone but a lot of people may have sex with a lot of people and they live in kind of a community and and he has this i don't know if it will ever be possible for us or if it will ever work even for our personalities and and also you know lifestyle living in the city and all the modern world constraints but he has that idea and and I also like that idea the idea that Maybe our child can have uh, strong connections with other grown-ups that are not mother and father and not aunt and uncle are some other people who mm -hmm. like like when I when I think about X like he's such a, a special person that I admire so much that I love so much uh, why wouldn't I want him to be a part of my children's life like it, it, in 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 concept it makes sense like then there's the feelings and the insecurities and everything that we haven't gotten through yet so i'll let you know if we yeah. but so so i think so it's very true what you're saying Finn, that we have been tweaking and revisiting and i think we're going to continue doing that maybe for all of our lives i think it's both in my and m's dna to question things and to always keep evolving sometimes it's yeah. very troublesome but i would say that the balance is quite positive so it's it's been worth all the all the bumps and all the troubles in the road. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. I just, I'm excited for you to keep growing and learning and like go into this new adventure of having a child and working together. It sounds like the two of you have really, um, you know, learn to learn better ways to communicate are in this really good phase and cycle of your relationship which is fantastic and hopefully that continues and you keep, you've learned so much and are able to work together so i'm just really uh excited for you and can't wait to hear how it continues to go so yeah and i i just wanted to like touch on one thing for a couple reasons one i'm super curious and two i don't want to get hate mail from pregnant women you, <laughs> you talked about the 
navigating online dating while being pregnant. And so you said that comes with its own challenges, which I can imagine. And I'm curious, like how that experience has gone for you and what, like, just like what goes on for you throughout that process. Cause I imagine there are people out there going, well, I want to date, but I'm seven months pregnant. There's no one who's going to want to date me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so one, so one thing is that when I started dating, my belly was not very big. So on the first dates, guys didn't know I was pregnant. Okay. And honestly, I wouldn't say that was a good approach, but at the time I was feeling very insecure about it. I was thinking, I was thinking like, if I'm, if I tell them upfront without even them knowing me, they will not give me a chance. I thought this, and then I learned that I was, my assumption was wrong, but I didn't know that. So I, for the three dates I had, so basically throughout this uh, dating time, I met three people, right? So these three, um, well, there was a fourth, but it was just, just, just one date. So I don't want to forget about that guy. <laughs> it was one dinner, <laughs> but so the four, but this guy already knew when I, when I met him, but the three guys I met, they didn't know for the first date and they couldn't tell. Uh, and then after the first date, I, 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 I well, yeah, I, I, well, there was not a rule, but I, I was always thinking about when is the right time to tell and how to tell him. What I learned is that, um, at least for these guys, and I talked also to some guy friends, asking them what they think about, like, especially with X, because I had met him, like, I don't know, I think it was on our third date that I told him. But we had been speaking for a while, so I was already completely, you know, falling for him. So, like, I really don't want him to run away because I'm pregnant. So I was asking people about that. And the guys I talked about, they were like, I don't think you'll care because there's a father in the figure, in the picture. So if there wasn't a father, maybe you will be scared and think that you will kind of try to put on him some of mm -hmm. the responsibility. But if there's a father in the picture, then probably it won't even matter. And actually, that's what happened with the... Um, I ended up telling all the different guys that I that I met, even if I didn't have a second date with two of them, but I told them. And the reaction was, for all of them, was like, oh, cool, yeah. Or like, oh, I hadn't have se I, I've never had sex with a pregnant uh, woman, so why not? So, like, you know, this type of comments, like, how cliche is this about guys, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And 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 then he actually X actually told me, yeah, I think M is right because there's a father in the picture, so I'm not worried. And he, even for him, it even even said something around like, I think it actually even reduces the pressure on me, like because I know you have, you know, you're really committed in this, and maybe I can not think too much about uh, about expectations. But that's his own thing about, you know, be afraid of expectation. So, so that was it. And so, and, and I don't really have, a, I don't have experience with when you really, really are showing that you're pregnant. I read up online a bit about it and I heard, I read something about being aware of people who have like fetishes with pregnant women and they might target you let's say just because of the belly and that might not yeah. be what you're yeah. looking for. So some people say like, make sure that your pictures are not showing that you have a belly and then leave that to the one-on-ones to discuss. But as I told you, I didn't have that problem because I haven't been ever since X left. I didn't really feel, feel like, you know, meeting new people. I still mm -hmm. had this really, you know, we talk every day and there's M and then the connection with ba my baby also was growing mm -hmm. throughout the third trimester. 
and a lot of priorities at the same time. So, so I haven't met anyone else. So I guess that's it. But for yeah. me, for me particularly, I think it's been really, really, let's say, helpful and positive because I, I, I felt um, in the, the first trimester when you're, I was feeling very nauseous and I was not feeling good about myself. I was really tired and I got COVID and it was not a good experience to be pregnant in the first few months. And then after that, with the second trimester, I know it doesn't happen for everyone, but the energy was back up, sex drive was up, and having this positive feedback all around, also from M, but from other guys, it really made me feel sexy and good about my body and good about myself and good about the pregnancy. And I think it helped even physically in my health. Like uh, I'm at the end of pregnancy and I've been hearing a lot from other women that's I look really well and I look really energetic. And I, I think big part of it, I've been thinking about it, is that this has, has uh, brought me this vitality, let's say, this energy that has been really, really good and powerful. And I was really not expecting. And uh, I speak to my, I have a lot of friends who are also pregnant right now and and they have very different experience like uh, for pregnancy. And there's like, some guys who really don't want to have sex with their wives or girlfriends when they're at the end of the, of the pregnancy. And I haven't been facing that, that problem. So, so, and I, I'm very grateful for it because I think it's been really, really good. Like I'm really big right now and I, I still look in the mirror and I feel sexy and I feel good about my body and I feel happy about all of it. So for me, it was very positive, but I cannot say that's going to be the same for everyone, obviously. Yeah, no, but thank you so much for sharing that because, and I, and I love the, that you were able to take like the, yeah, the positive feedback from getting that affirmation from people and just those experiences really help boost your, where you're at with yourself. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say thank you for the the vulnerability and all of that, and and on everything you shared today with us. Like it's been a really wonderful conversation, and and I know I kind of said this off off the recording a few minutes ago, but like we usually have to ask a lot of questions about your journey and what you know what you've learned and challenges and things that have excited you over the years, and you've just weaved all of these into your story in a very beautiful way. And so thank you for making our job very easy today. And <laughs> thank you for listening to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's been a really fun story to listen to. And I know I'm personally excited to hear what the next 10 years brings and yes. to hear the village that you build around yourselves and, <laughs> and your child. So yeah, we're excited for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. Before we let you go, is there anything else that you wanted to share? No, I don't think so. Well, I think, I guess maybe like my main learning is that you can plan and and I really like planning and and preparing for things, but, uh, but I think life will always have something unexpected for you. And I, I would encourage people to see that as, as a good thing like that's and not everything is predictable and that you can have really good surprises and i've uh i mean like i think all this journey and speaking to you and going back all these 10 years is just showing that like there's always been really really positive surprises around the corner through the biggest challenges so i would say like to anyone who listens to this like just go for it and 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 try, try it out and see what happens. 
Yeah. 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 I love that. I think you're a, a, a very good example of, well, I didn't think I was going to need those condoms or I didn't think yeah. anything was going to happen on that boat or I didn't. And then, <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that. It, it, so. Or I didn't think I was, anything was going to happen yeah. while I was pregnant. Yeah. Every time you said, every time you said, yeah, I didn't think something was going to happen. I was like, yeah, I'm waiting for the rest of this story. So, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And I love yeah. it. And it's a, and it's such a valuable lesson that like, yeah, you don't, you don't really have any control. Like you, you can, you can try, but like what's going to happen is going to happen. So yeah, I, I really appreciate everything you've shared with us today, Eka, and wishing you the best with, with your new baby and all of your relationships. Yes. So, yeah. Same Thank here. You. Thank you. Thank guys. you so you much. Thank you. Yeah. Well, have a wonderful day and we'll talk soon. Yeah. Bye. Take care. And we're back. A huge thank you, Eka, for coming on and sharing your story. And congratulations again on your new little one. Yes. And thank you, as Emma said, just from my side, for coming on the show and sharing your story and being vulnerable. And I just love sort of the recurring theme and lesson in this one of, I didn't think anything was going to happen, but dot, dot, dot. Then all this stuff happens. Then all this stuff <laughs> happens. And I think that's just, I don't know, that's a that's a good reminder in life every day to expect the unexpected. So thank you for coming on, sharing, and again, congratulations. A quick reminder, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. There you can sign up for our next virtual meet and greet. These are open to anyone. You just must be respectful and open-minded. The next one is October 18th. Also, while you're on our website, you can order your very own Give Love sweatshirt. These are super cool. And if you love your photo in your Give Love sweatshirt on our website, just email it to us. Yeah, for, for an example of what that might look like. Oh, hey, look at that. Go to our homepage. And, All right there. And you'll see a couple of photos of amazing community members in their Give Love t-shirts. And so we'd love to add a sweatshirt photo to it. So if you're one of the few who's already ordered your sweatshirt and you would love to be a star on the homepage, send it our way. Next week, we have an interview with Cece and Steve. This is actually a part two. They were on in episode 84. So this is a while ago, three years ago, September 2019. So. I didn't have gray hair back then. <laughs> a lot has changed since September 2019, to say the least. So yeah. we're excited to get this story out there. Come back next week and listen. And in the meantime, after you're finished here... Go listen to episode 84. And just to, to call it out, yes, uh, Steve comes back on uh, without Cece, um, still trying to protect her identity. But we actually got to meet her. So, yeah, it's cool. Just throwing that in their face. Just throwing it in their <laughs> face. That like, no, because it's like, hey, hey, she's real. She's real. We saw her. We did get to meet her, yes. And so, yeah, check that episode out. Super fascinating. And the update is fascinating as well. So we will see everybody next week. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Take care. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.